It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to Edward here on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Today is Monday, April 24th, week two of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. Last night, we get a massive Oilers win after going down 3 to nothing early in the first period. We get Jack Campbell appearance. So, Money, when you saw Jack Campbell was going in net, did you uh, get a little extra nervous after what you had already seen out of the first period? To be honest, I did. I was, uh, I, I didn't, um, I know the guys on the panel during the intermission were talking about, uh, you got to stay with Skinner. And I completely agreed with that. I was, uh, I was I was actually shocked when we saw when we saw Campbell in there, and then I thought that, oh, this 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 game is about to get wild, and like I thought that like we're headed for like a seven six kind of game. But I mean, credit to Campbell, he 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 was he he was outstanding, and that save on that save on Arvidsson when we're when we're talking about the Oilers in the Cup final in June, I think that <laughs> we're gonna be talking about that save uh, quite a bit. Yeah, that's going to be the one that was that's the turning point, the TSN turning point for you. You're going to look back on that one. Do you go with Absolutely. Campbell next game? Oh, man. So, my my initial reaction was that you you stick with Skinner, but at the end of the day, he's a rookie and it's really hard for to go back with a rookie after he has a bad playoff game. So, I think you stick with Skinner on a very short leash. And that would be the way I would play it. Skinner's still your guy. Skinner's still my guy. He just had a bad period. Um, you stick with him with a short leash. But it's really nice to be able to actually... It was just two and a half periods, but it's nice to have that to have that kind of confidence that like maybe, just maybe, Campbell might be able to regain some form and not be the Campbell that he has been most of the season. But I, I, I really do think that you go with, uh, that, that you go with Skinner. See, I, I would slightly disagree there. I would probably go with Campbell to start okay. uh, with the next game and give him that start and, and, and don't, don't turn it over. Don't say, okay, you're the guy from now on. Just give him that start and let him build off that confidence and momentum. And then once you, you know, hopefully win game five, game six, you kind of flip it in the air a little bit. It reminds me a lot of what happened with the Blackhawks in 2015. You had Scott Darling come in, save the day. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he ran through most of that first round series against Nashville, but eventually it was back to Crawford the rest of the way down the stretch. So, you know, like I said, having two goalies is important for these moments like this. And it doesn't necessarily mean, oh, you know, all right, well, the one guy's gone. So now you got to play this other guy the rest of the way. No, you can you can have flexibility and variance with that, uh, especially with like how good Campbell looked once he came in. So I say give him the confidence and let him move forward. Let Skinner get some much needed rest because, like I said, he's a rookie. The most minutes he's played in his career. Uh, you know, maybe he just needs a breather, and maybe this is uh, a good spot, you know, to have you know Campbell come in right now. Yeah, and I, I, I full confidence that uh, Woodcroft. I mean, he's he's really shown himself to be uh, to be right right up there now with the 
in in the conversation of like the really good coaches. So I'm not classifying him as elite yet, but he's but his trajectory is uh is 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 well on the way there. So um everything he does is just and like when he talks about it afterwards too, like so so profound. I mean he's uh he's 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 certainly a talent. So I I do have faith that he's gonna make the right decision, whatever that is. Yeah, I think that goalie situation is interesting though because you do have at least one goaltender who has some fragility in terms of their mental state with Jack Campbell. So the kind of how to handle that and go about whether or not he goes back into the next one could be interesting because if you take it away from him and say, okay, no, you're not going in, then what is he going to be like if you have to throw him into the game in the next one or at some point down the road? But if you do throw him in and he opens up poorly and then you have to take him out, then what does it say for him after the fact? So it is going to be a, tight rope to walk for Jay Woodcroft trying to sort that all out but that series does even up uh Alex what went on between Dallas and Minnesota and specifically with the officiating this weekend because refereeing is on top of everybody's minds right now it was one thing that was massive in in terms of what wild fans are saying online after the game yesterday but what happened there and uh and what is it looking like for Minnesota are they getting jobbed by the refs is that why the series is now tied up (laughs) Yes and no. I mean, the, the refs have done a terrible job, right, since game one of the series. But the, at the same time, the refs are trying to corral what they know is a series that can get quickly out of hand uh, with two teams that don't like each other. So they're kind of overmanaging things. And the call behind the net was absolutely awful. I don't understand that. It was barely a hit. There was no intent for a hit. It was just, you know, a, a rough play behind the net, and all of a sudden it's a two-minute penalty. I, I did not agree with that call, even though it benefited uh, Dallas. And then on the flip side, uh, the Felino what would have been a hit, right? And, and Marchman is, you know, cognitive enough to move out of the way. Uh, Felino gets hit in the boards, cuts his face open, and everybody goes, well, the call was tripping. It's like, no, that shouldn't have been tripping, but it definitely should have been charging. And had he got all of, of Mason Marchment the way he wanted to, he would have crushed him, and that would have been reviewed for a five-minute major. It would have hopefully gotten taken back because I don't think that was the case. But it was a would have been a big enough hit to where that would have changed the trajectory of everything in that game. And the fact that he missed it, and then he's barking at the rest. It's like we know what your intent was, right? Like your team needed that spark. Like you're doing your job. It's just that you failed at it miserably and hurt yourself in the process, and gave yourself, uh, you know, uh, you know a penalty and give your team a, a chance to go down on the man advantage. So it's, it's a bit of both. The refs are over managing things, but at the same time, I mean, the players have to understand that, you know, the chippy play, we all see it. We all know what, how the series is going to go and the refs can't let it completely get out of hand like that. So, you know, the, the momentum swings, they're kind of building themselves in a sense because, uh, you know, play gets, gets, goes up tempo guys start hitting each other, but then the rest are starting to call stuff. So it, it's a, it's a combination of both. Yeah, I mean, NHL officiating is getting absolutely dragged through the water right now, uh, dragged through the mud right now in terms of how bad it's been. I think people are kind of just realizing it's not necessarily about like, oh, the one thing I realized last night when I was watching that Oilers game is like, it's not necessarily about, oh, that's a bad call. It's more about the theme of nobody knows what the hell a penalty is anymore because from one shift to the next, the same thing is called differently. And then one period to the next, it's differently. And then 
a, a one game within a series or you flip on, you watch the Canes Hurricanes, uh, uh, the Canes Islanders game, and then you turn on the Oilers Kings game later in the day. And one thing that happened in one isn't a penalty in the other. And it's like, how is anybody supposed to understand how to play or how to be officiated in any, any of this? There's just a significant lack of consistency. And Alex, it's like you're saying, on one hand, they're trying to manage the game. On the other hand, these guys are worried that they're going to be embarrassed by by calling the wrong thing. Like you see in that Islanders-Canes game, Barzal gets buried from behind by Burns, and the ref is worried that someone's going to look at a replay and say, oh, Barzal dove. So rather than just making the right call, he calls Barzal on, on the embellishment in that Yeah. Way. And and that's that's been ridiculous too because we haven't seen these embellishment calls all season long and all of a sudden now they're pulling this yeah. out of their ass but at the same time they can't figure out what charging is like yeah like the the inconsistency <laughs> here with the referees is is, is a mess you know yeah. and, and that's the thing and it hasn't reared its ugly head in the regular season like in, in previous years so that's why now it's all of a sudden a shock because it seemed like the refs have done a fairly good job I think for the most part of the, during the regular season but these you know few days so far it, it's it's been chaos. Yeah, yeah. I, I I hate talking about the refs, but in like in like any situation, but it is really standing out. And like you mentioned that Islanders game with Barzell, even even that first penalty, that goaltender interference to uh, to a uh, Parise, I believe it was. I mean, yeah. just I mean that that changed. It could have changed the whole complexion of the game, right? And like, yeah, the Islanders should have killed off that penalty. Or like, yes, there was. They they were running around quite a bit starting that game. I know they wanted to impose their will physically, but you can't just be running around like that. But um, at the same time, like it it's really standing out, and like we're seeing it we're seeing it across the board. Um, there's goals in the same situation that are called goals on the ice and are called no goals, and like it's just in the in, in the Boston, Florida, and the in, in the Tampa Bay game, that's yeah. the exact same situation, right? So. It's really standing out, and it's uh, and I, I I hate talking about the refs too, but 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 we can't have that kind of inconsistency. Yeah, I think the problem in this one is that like where you're saying is if you're looking at it for one team or one series, then it gets more frustrating uh, of like having to talk about it in that sense. But this is just an NHL wide problem at this point of yeah. what's going on. And that's where the frustration comes for people like hockey fans in general having to watch this because it's like, what are we watching <laughs> on a daily basis? Like, what yeah. are we watching? Nobody knows what's happening. Nobody knows how the game's going to be called or how to kind of figure things out from that standpoint because it's being managed differently from game-to-game basis. So frustrating stuff there for, for NHL referees as it goes right now. I mean, Todd did warn us before the before the playoffs that uh, through the first four games of the NHL playoffs, penalties are typically up than more than normal but this is this is more than just calling more penalties this is uh having no idea what to do in any situation um we look at that uh i'm curious your guys thoughts on the florida boston series there you see bobrovsky going going into net uh, into the net this weekend um so money you think any nhl goaltender will ever touch double digits again on a contract after what this guy's managed to do in florida (laughs) and he still has three years left too like i mean yeah, no, that's that's probably going to go down as one of the worst contracts ever. Um, yeah, there's there's any any time a goaltender wants wants a big deal, especially um, where he was in his career at that time, he's going to be the guy that um, that that gets pointed out that um, it's just not happening. So uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked if there's another for like 
And like, um, remember be, be, before that too, it was, uh, it was Roberto Luongo's contract too, right? Like yeah. there has been a precedence for, for these type of long, long deals for um, goalies that don't end up working out on the, on the, on the back end. But um, I mean, you, you take that chance with like a franchise level player, but it's really hard to justify that on a, on a, on a goaltender right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you you will see another ten million dollar goal at some point. Probably be Jake Ottinger when his contract comes up in twenty twenty five, or Vasilevsky down the road. Possibly, I don't know. Let's see about that. All right, let's get into the uh, games here tonight. Unless there was anything that uh, was also jumping off the page to you guys in those other series, I think uh, so money. Anything, anything else from the from this past weekend that was uh, that that you guys were like needed to get off your chest well the Oilers game kind of stood out to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> give you one, one last go there <laughs> other than that <laughs> are you worried at all about the fact that mcdavid hasn't uh, necessarily dominated in this series not at all not at all he's um you're seeing him starting to get a little bit of uh separation now the the kings are doing a great job with uh with um with the shadowing him and kind of getting in his face and stuff but i am noticing the last couple of games he is starting to get a little bit more a little bit more separation and it's it's only a matter of time be- before a guy like that breaks out but one thing i've said about the oilers is that they have secondary scoring now right so like even if it's not mcdavid they do have other guys that are in a position to be able to uh, to uh, to uh, step up yeah, but the key of secondary scoring is to assist the primary scoring. And if your primary scoring isn't there and you're relying on secondary scoring, that could get problematic down the road. Yeah, but 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 Drysaddle's right there too, right? Like he's he's he he's, yeah. he's part of the prime the primary scoring as well. So like they're 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 well balanced throughout the lineup. I seen these comments here. I'm not gonna tolerate <laughs> this here in the chat this morning. Moretto. <laughs> Um, all right let's get to the games here tonight we'll talk about those uh we will preview that leafs lightning game and for anybody who wants to watch moretto say this to my face you can see this live later today on the hammer hq uh alex and so money will be hopping on at some point in there as well during the tampa bay toronto game we'll be doing a watch along for that one so uh, make sure to come on. Stop by on the Hammer HQ channel tonight at 7 p.m. We will be doing a watch along there. We'll uh, go preview the game a little bit, maybe give out some best bets right ahead of the game. And then as the game goes on, uh, just, uh, yeah, maybe you can see one of the two of Moretto and I be in some type of pain throughout the course of that game. But uh, should be fun there tonight. But we'll start here with the New Jersey Devils, New York Rangers game. Uh, Todd sent into the Edgeware group yesterday. We are all devils. I'm curious this morning. Uh, so money, are we all devils this morning? Are we are we starting there? I I, I know we we might have some uh, conflicting opinions on this game today, but where do you go if you're looking at this one? Rangers minus one fifty, Devils plus one forty. Rangers up two one in the series currently. Yeah, so I do give the Devils credit for the adjustments that they made, um, especially on the especially on the penalty kill Gallant was talking about it as well how they were they were much much tougher um and much quicker to close their gaps on the on the on the penalty kill and i mean we've been talking about the same thing with the rangers all season you if you're able to shut down their their power play 
you should be able to get the upper hand on them five on five. You should be able to hopefully win a game. Now that game did turn into a coin flip. Um, I thought the Rangers, um, they played well enough to win that game. So it's really, um, the line is similar to where it was game two, maybe, maybe a little bit higher on the devils right now. So, um, I'll, I'll pass, but, um, I am cheering for the devils and, um, yeah, so I'll, 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 I'll be passing on this game. I did like the under, but it's already down to five and a half. So I'm not, I'm not going to be play, play, playing an under five and a half at this point in the series. So um, I'll pass for now. Hopefully, hopefully the devils can pull it off. All right. And Alex, is there anything for you in this game that you're looking at? Yeah, you know, like I said, we have our group chat and everybody goes, we are all devils. No, y'all are all devils. I like the Rangers in this series. Uh, I have since the beginning. <laughs> and I like the Rangers here on the first period puck line, honestly. Uh, you know, like so many said, yeah, if you can shut down the Rangers' power play, you have a good chance of beating them. The thing is, the Rangers' power play kind of shut itself down. And, and it's almost, like I said, it's an embarrassment of riches, right? There's a ton of talent on, on, on that power play. And I've seen this for years, ironically enough, watching Panarin and Kane together in Chicago. When you have that much talent, sometimes it's like, you know, there's only one puck on the ice and you guys get lost. At one point, the power play was literally going around in a circle. Like all five guys were basically just changing positions in a circle, trying to pass the puck and get an open lane. And and that's not going to be conducive to, to finding ways to score. So they have to get find a way to get back into the middle of, of, of the ice because that's where most of their other goals came from, right between the circles and the high-danger chances, getting that area. And, and at the same time, you know, with the Kirish Mead in net, he doesn't make a difference, right? Like, he's not a needle mover. If anything, he's a downgrade from Vanacek in my eyes. But the team plays better in front of him, and that's the biggest key. And for whatever reason it is, I don't understand why they can't play the same defense, sell out and block shots for Vanacek the same way they did for Schmid in game three, but that, that has been the pattern throughout the, the the last you know few starts for Schmid compared to Vanacek playing in, in these first couple of games in this series. So whoever's in net behind them, they still have to try to play in front, block shot, clog up the, the, the middle of the ice. That's the way you beat the New York Rangers. But I just don't think uh, that's going to happen, at least in the first 20 minutes of action. I think the Rangers uh, get out of that first period with the lead, so I take a shot with the puck line on the first period. I think uh, one thing we've talked about before with like the Devils too on, on this show is that um, the market tends to overreact to uh, to a Schmid. Um, I I think that he's actually an upgrade, and I've been um, when I've had him um, when when I've been tracking him throughout the season, um, his numbers have been fine. Like like they're not they're they're not up there with um, with a with a Vanacek, but I think that he's good enough, and I think that the market has overreacted to him quite a bit whenever he's been. Whenever he's been he's been confirmed in net, um, I don't know about tonight's game. I think that the line is fair, but um, I, I I I'm actually a fan of Schmid. I think he's been he's been good for the Devils. His best win was the last game. Like if you look at his wins during the regular season, he beat Philadelphia and Ottawa and Washington teams who aren't even playing right now. Like the the only, the best win he has was the game last, and if, and he didn't do anything spectacular on his own, right? He made saves, but like I said, it was the defense playing better in front of him right, as well. He wasn't seeing the quality of shots that Vanacek was seeing, and I think if if he sees those kind of shots in this game four, it'll be a much different story. They did um they did lose a couple of games that he played. I, I mean, like you look you look at that Florida game that they lost um that they lost four two in Florida where he where where he started i mean those he doesn't get the win in those situations but 
Um, but but the underlying metrics have been fine in those kind of games. So, um, yeah, I, I we'll we'll see. I, I I I don't know if the Devils win. I I do think it's a coin flip, um, or like the line is fair on the Devils. But um, yeah, I I like the kid. Let's see. <laughs> All right, so we did track the first period puck line there at uh, plus one sixty four. Those best price available, and we found that. You guys can track all the picks that we give out on the uh, throughout the course of the season and these playoffs on the BetStamp app in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ. And uh, if you are looking to bet on these uh, these games that we are pulling up here on the screen throughout the course of the show here today, you can always find the best odds on the BetStamp app. And we we uh we feel that the easiest way to improve as a sports better is by using multiple sports books and always getting the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like BetStamp to do so. BetStamp compares odds across every sports book for games, futures, and player props. You can save time and money by checking BetStamp before you bet. Make sure to download the app today and iOS, Android, or you can sign up on the web. And if you are looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, you can check out the offers available at the betstamp.app slash edgework site, or you can hit the link in the description to sign up. While signing up for any of these sportsbooks using the link there uh, will help support the show. So please make sure to do so there as well. Go and uh, check us out in the Betstamp app where you can uh, see all the picks that we've given out throughout the course of this season. But moving on to the next game here tonight. Toronto Maple Leafs, game four on the road against the Tampa Bay Lightning. This game, uh, game three was a game that I said was interesting from a Leafs perspective, watching that because it's very rare in the playoffs that the Leafs find ways to win games that they did not deserve to win. So winning that one in in game three there in overtime felt like a different kind of vibe coming out of it, whereas like there was no way they should have won. And traditionally, they wouldn't have won that one. Now you go up 2-1 in the series. You have an opportunity to go 3-1 here in Tampa, back home to Toronto. Looking at this right now, you're seeing basically coin flip prices on this game, minus 103, minus 104. Uh, If you shop around and get the best prices on tonight's game, Alex, are the prices in this game accurate where where they're supposed to be, where you expected them to be with the injury news? Chernak not going to play again tonight. Hasn't been ruled out. Looks like Hedman will go again. Um, haven't heard any updates on point, but he did return to that last game and finish it out, so it sh- should be fine there. But with all that information, it's obviously baked in here. Is this where you expected it to be? Uh, yes, it is. And, and, you know, you could say, oh, that's kind of a cheap price for, on Toronto, considering those are some key people that are injured or, or and or out for Tampa Bay. But like you said, obviously money's going to come in on Tampa because every time Tampa loses, people just automatically flock to them uh, you know, betting on them off of, of, a, of a loss. That's just the way it's been, especially in the playoffs. You know, look at just Vasilevsky's track record alone, but just this team as a whole the last couple of years. So they're always going to draw money. So you, you're never going to see uh, – you're always going to see that reflected in, in the line when it, with a Tampa Bay game off of a loss. You have to just – this is the way it goes. But I think this is a spot I would lean toward Toronto with. Uh, like I said, you know, part of slaying the dragon, right, when you're trying to break a streak uh, of any sort is – you know, doing those little things. And like you said, that's a game that Toronto loses last year and the year before and, and in previous years before that. Winning that kind of a game, that brings a lot of momentum and a lot of relaxation in a good way. You know, 
That's one less yeah. thing you have, you have to worry about. Okay, we can win these games when they get tight, when they get close, something we haven't been able to do before. And, and so that's how you build upon that. You know, like I said, you know, everybody talking about the Leafs going to the cup right now. It's like, no, when, for worry about winning a first round. We say that in, in joking, uh, joking fashion, but you have to take things a game at a time, a series at a time. And, and this is part of that process. So uh, I, I'm trusting in that process. I think Toronto could come out and win this game. If I had to play anything in the spot, this is the one game I actually didn't play anything on yet. But uh, if I would play anything right now, it'd probably be Leafs money line. All right, so money, would you be in agreement there? I know that uh, you said we are all Leafs, but uh, is that uh, the the case for tonight on an individual game basis? Yeah, I think I I think Alex nailed it. Um, the 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 Leafs are too short right now, and um, I am going to bet the Leafs. Um, I'm going to bet them soon. Um, probably right probably right after the show, maybe during the show. I don't know. Um, in terms of in in terms of point, um, Cooper, Cooper saying that he is um, he's a game time, but he should be good to go. Now this coming after um, just a just a couple of nights ago when Cooper said he looked like, or like la- yesterday he said that point looked like he was in a car accident, right? So, and now he's going to be good to go. So, there's some upside in betting the Leafs right now. Um, number one, obviously, point is banged up, right? Um, his 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 effectiveness, if he does play, is in question. If during the warm up they decide that they need to pull him out, well, now you're sitting on value on a on a on a Leafs ticket. So um, I do um, I do like the Leafs. Um, I I will bet them. Um, and the other thing too is that, I mean, I've always said that this is a different Leafs team. If I'm right, if that is the case. We were just here last year in this exact situation, Leafs up 2-1 going to Tampa Bay, and in game four, they give up three goals in like the first like 10 seconds of the game, whatever it was, right? Um, and then they, they were down 3-0 quickly. So if this team is, is in fact different, the response here will be different as well. And the other thing too is that, um, Alex touched on this, is that, um, and you, you did as well, Zach, is that no, the Leafs did not deserve to win that game in game three, but they did win, right? So now you're in a situation where you have the ebbs and flows of a series. Um, the Leafs are finally in a position against Tampa Bay where they can go three deep down the middle, right? Um, you are going to see which is a better matchup for them. So you are going to see um, hopefully a better response from Toronto as well as as the game-to-game adjustments are made. So if they close at 50%, um, theoretically, last game, and we're again at fifty percent, um, with the expectation that that the Leafs um, theoretically will have a better better game, um, then the Leafs are too short. So I I I do like the Leafs here. I think we can um, we can uh, we can go ahead and lock that team in. Okay. Yeah, we did track that. Um, Moretto says, spoiler, this team isn't different. <laughs> this guy's, you're a hater, man. <laughs> That's all I got to say. You're a hater, Moretto. You never know. We'll, go, we'll see it if it's proved different. That's I guess that's the way that's the way true test of it is if they can actually prove to us that it is different. But I mean, based on the way that the last game went as a Leafs fan, that did feel different. So many will say that walking away from from that one with a win where they had no business winning it. I felt yeah. it did feel different. And uh, I think that you see that there as well. 
who scores the tying goal, O'Reilly, who scores, or who yeah. creates the goal to uh, to win it in overtime. It's O'Reilly winning faceoff back, getting him net front for a screen, and his line in large part was the best line on the ice for the majority of the night for the Leafs the other night. So, yeah, hopefully they hopefully as the Leafs fans they are different. But if you want to watch this game along with us, you can later tonight, 7 p.m. on the Hammer HQ channel. So make sure to go over there after and set notifications so that you can come and join us. But we did track the Leafs' money line here for this one. So moving on to the next game on the schedule here tonight, Vegas Golden Knights, Winnipeg Jets. This series, Vegas is up 2-1 to one, uh, in this one. Vegas did win 5-4 to four in, double, in double OT uh, against the Jets after the Jets had taken the first game in Vegas there 5-1 to one, and seemed to have woken Vegas up. Mark Stone comes back. He's got life in his legs. That team kind of has a little bit of fire under them here now. Now you look at this price tonight, minus 107, minus 103, minus 107 for Vegas. Uh, so money, is this kind of where you expected it to be now based on what we've seen over the last two games, even though Winnipeg <clears throat> is at home here tonight? Well, I've been I've been so wrong about this series. Um, it's It hasn't gone the way that I... That I that I anticipated the first um, <clears throat> the the first four four periods were going according to plan and like I was sitting there feeling happy that yeah we got something here and then all of a sudden seemingly out of nowhere Vegas just flipped the switch in that second period of game two so um, <clears throat> and and all the credit in the world to them I think that um, they were able to get Winnipeg into a um, into a uh, excuse me they they were able to get Winnipeg into a into a faster paced game. And we saw some of the old habits um, that I felt that Winnipeg was starting to get away from. We saw some of those old defensive habits start creeping into their game again. Um, and that was really tough to see. So, um, yeah, I think Vegas has the edge here, especially with um, with, a, with a Morrissey out. I think that's just an incredible um, setback for for the Jets. Um, for this game, I think that the line looks good. Um, I don't have, I don't have a play. I'm still cheering for the Jets, but um, they're not, they're not um, instilling a lot of confidence in me right now. And Alex, is there anything that you might be looking at here for this one? Yeah, I'm going right back to the well with what I had uh, last game. I'm going with the first period over uh, one and a half. It's up to a dollar fifteen, dollar twenty. Now I added a dollar ten and. The previous game, and like I said, now with Morrissey out, uh, you know this just you know seems like it's going to be more of a, of a high pace, uh, you know, fast paced, higher scoring start. Uh, we could have easily seen five goals in, in that first period. Ended up seeing three, but uh, I just think the momentum of the crowds, like I, I mentioned this time and time again, it's not going to phase Vegas. Vegas has no problem playing in a loud barn. Now there's Winnipeg because they both have that those atmospheres. But I think because of that, they both can feed off that energy, and that's where we're seeing a good back and forth pace. Vegas now 11 and five the last 16 games to the first period over when it's set at one and a half. Uh, I'm just going to keep it simple and ride with that. I already have three overtimes uh, plus 800 for the series. We got one in the last game, so I'm hoping we have another one in this one as well. All right, so you can find that first period over one and a half minus 106 is best price available. Currently, there's also minus 110s out there, and you said you go to minus 115 there, Alex? Yeah, oh, up, up to 120. I saw 120 around. Okay. That, that, that would be my cut. 
Yeah, so there are a bunch of minus 115s and 120s out there available, but we do recommend line shopping, getting the best price available for that. And you can do so at the BetSamp app and the betsamp.app slash edgework link there. Um, also, there's a uh, comment here, Jordan Mosel, saying, any chance Ehlers comes back? Have either of you seen or heard any news in regards to Ehlers? I haven't seen anything today. I'll, I'll be checking yeah. later on, but nothing so far. Yeah, and <laughs> so on mute there, so money. <laughs> still on mute so money all good yeah the problem is that like i've got like four screens here and i'm trying to like use the, <laughs> mouse, use the mouse to like to as like the cursor on my laptop here and like i can't figure out which 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 which, which controls what but yeah and I, I mean like the like, it's really interesting with uh with, with ehlers because he's been he's been a full um full participant in practice now he keeps getting the day-to-day -day designation and then we think that I, I actually thought he was going to play in game two and um yeah it's I, I don't know what's going on there he's just he he just hasn't been um given the medical clearance even though he's saying he's fine so that's a that's an interesting situation there yeah uh, and then Russ here saying, uh, keep betting Kyle Connor shots on goal overs. And so yeah. there you go. There's a, a prop from our guy, Russ, uh, from Thursday's show to maybe check out there. I'm sure Todd would get behind that one as well. Currently sitting at uh, three and a half minus 115 for the Kyle Connor over shots on goal. So check that one out. If that's something anybody would be interested in betting, Russ recommending that one. But final game of the night to look at, Colorado Avalanche, Seattle Crack. And I think this series has surprised us a little bit in terms of being more exciting than it was originally anticipated being when we were previewing it in, in our series previews that we did there. Uh, um, Alex, I'll go to you first on this one. You're looking at it now. Colorado up 2-1 to one in this series. They did win the last two games 3-2, to 6-4 to four now after Seattle had taken that first game uh, away from Colorado in Colorado. Looking at the price tonight, plus 135 on the Kraken. Um, first and foremost, has this series been more entertaining for you than you thought it might be ahead of time? And uh, second, at plus 135, would you be interested in backing the Kraken at all? Uh, for the series, absolutely. This has been fantastic hockey to watch. And, and you know, we kind of, you know, uh, skewed this series compared to the other sevens kind of being the weaker one. No, this, was, this has been some really good hockey. And uh, just a fun battle to watch. Seattle has come to compete. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't shy away from taking the crack. And that's not the, the bet that I particularly like a lot here. But, uh, like I said, they, they are holding their own against the defending cup champions. And, you know, the big question mark now is with Valerie Nishushkin, who ended up leaving. They said he's gone for personal reasons. Uh, they said yeah. he had, you know, taken a day off for maintenance. And then they said he had left. Uh, he's not even in Seattle right now. So, uh, you know, hope yeah. all is well with him. But uh, that, that would be a big loss for Colorado. We saw the Avs struggle during the regular season without him uh, at, at various times and points. And if he's gone and he's one of the big you know, catalysts for the offense, things dry up, then maybe we don't see that big of a boat race between the, the Avs and Kraken here. Although I do think we see scoring here early. So if I'm taking another shot here with that first period over. I grab this one also at minus uh, $1.15. I've seen some cheaper prices, though. So uh, definitely shop around with that. But I think we see the, the intensity early, same kind of start and pace uh, that we saw from both teams, right? Because Seattle wants to get that crowd energy rolling on their side, but Colorado knows how important it is to take the air out of the building when they're on the road. So that's why we saw that good uh, back and forth pace. It's a great live betting series here as well. So that's more of what I'll be attacking with. I'll be trying to look for the next score props and different things in game, but definitely as far as pregame goes, I jumped on that over one and a half. 
All right, so we'll lock that in there. Uh, so many, uh, anything for you that's kind of jumping out as something you might be betting on or something you need to keep an eye out for? This has been a fun series. I um, I watch these teams and the pace they play at, and uh, I just think about where the Canucks are, and they're just so far away when I when I watch these two teams play. So um, that's a that's a little bit of a downer, but um, I think that um, Colorado has um, has that extra gear that Seattle just can't get to right now. Um, and that's that's what's holding this series down for for uh, Seattle here. In terms of the number, um, I think it's fair. It's um it's 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 kind of where it was around um, game two. So uh, sorry, game three. So I think that um there's no there's no value I see on the side. Um, total you could make a case for over six here. I think um, I I do agree with Alex in terms of the of the pace of this series, but I would like um, to see the oh, uh, the total drop a bit for me to have interest in the over. So um, nothing for me in this game. Um, it's fun to watch and uh, just think about how far the Canucks are when I watch these two teams play. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. There's our uh, preview of all four games for tonight. We did manage to have a bet in each of the games for tonight. So uh, there you go. There's at least one in each one. So we'll review this quickly here for all the games for tonight uh, on tonight's schedule. And uh, if you do want to see all the picks that we've given out throughout the course of the season, you can find that in the BetStamp app in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ there. You can see all the prices that we played them at, how many units we've had on everything, uh, the closing line value, the, the ROI for, for this entire season. So looking at all the bets for tonight, well, all these are a full unit play at $100 unit size. So we'll start here with the Rangers-Devils game. We're looking at the first period puck line for the New York Rangers, minus 0.5 at plus 164. Uh, that is the Rangers, plus 164 on the first period puck line, uh, minus 0.5 against the Devils tonight. Then we go to the Tampa-Toronto uh, series, and we're taking the Toronto Maple Leafs, minus 103 against the Tampa Bay Lightning on the money line. So Leafs, minus 103 on the money line against the Lightning. Our third bet of the night, we're taking the Vegas-Winnipeg first period over 1.5, minus 106. Vegas-Winnipeg first period over 1.5, minus 106. And our final bet for the night, the Colorado Avalanche Seattle cracking game. We're taking the over one and a half minus one twenty in the first period as well there. So that is Colorado Seattle over one and a half minus one twenty. Those are all four best bets for tonight. Uh, if you guys do want to see us, uh, the three of us as well as Alex Moretto, you can find us over on the Hammer HQ YouTube channel later today at seven p.m. As we will be doing a watch along for the entire Leafs Lightning game. So make sure to check us out there. You can go and set notifications for that so that you don't miss a single second of that stream. I think that'll be a pretty fun one. We'll look and see if there's any bets that we can give out ahead of the game as well as if there's anything that we can do live while the game is going on so make sure to check that stream out for everyone who's here right now if you haven't already hit that subscribe button to the edgework hq youtube channel please make sure to do it and before you leave on your way out smash that like button no reason you can't hit that like button on your way out so hit the like button appreciate the support here on the channel alex so money thank you guys for doing this here today appreciate the insight and the analysis as always uh good luck on your bets i will see you guys later hopefully we'll see the chat later at 7 p.m and for everyone else who won't be able to join us tonight we will see you back here tomorrow morning 10 30 a.m eastern time good luck on your bets tonight
Go Leafs go.